Hey, this is Todd Mullen, senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thanks for taking time out of your week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Come on, let's put our hands together and celebrate God today. I am so... Let's put our hands together and celebrate God. There we go. I was like, y'all ready for church? Y'all, come on, y'all slept in. Like, come on, this is, this is the second service. I'm so pumped to be back home today and just be able to preach God's word. And, and uh, we want to welcome all those who are watching online and welcome everyone from our correctional facilities and all of our campuses. And, and I am so pumped to continue this series, Trending Now. Somebody say Trending Now. You know, one thing that I've come to discover uh, when we look at our cell phones, many of you have one of these, not this size, hopefully, because it doesn't fit in your pocket. Uh, but this is an iPhone, Pastor Todd deemed it as the iPhone 26. Come on. Um, but all of us have this. And what we have in common is we spend a lot of time scrolling. And many of you who have a, uh, not an iPhone, that other one, you don't scroll as well as we do. Come on. But when you scroll on this, I kind of looked at my feed this week and, and was just kind of scrolling through my feed and me and Irene getting married, Irene and I on Good Morning America, and I can understand why she loves someone as handsome as I am. I was just looking at myself like, man, he's handsome. <laughs> but as I was going through my feed, uh, a memory popped up. Uh, a memory popped up um, of a memory that, I, if I'm honest with you, I'm not sure if I wanted to remember. And, and when I, I've been pastoring this church before I'm here and called I-5 City in Baltimore and I was pastoring and it was about 10 years ago. I got the call that you don't wanna get. My, 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 my 10 year old godson, affectionately my nephew, got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. And although we prayed and we believed God and we did, took communion and we worshiped and we read all of the scriptures that by your stripes I am healed. If I'm honest with you, as a pastor, I had to preach a funeral of 22 kids from age 10 to 11. A message of hope when I didn't feel hope myself. A message that God can work all things together for his good. When I didn't feel very good and when I landed on this picture of Hammy this week, all of those emotions came back up for me. You see, Hammy is in heaven right now. Hammy is probably walking the streets of gold. He, he's probably throwing the football with John the Baptist. Come on, somebody. I'm joking. <laughs> But if I were to be honest, a pastor was confused. Someone who's charged to preach the gospel of good news didn't feel very good. I felt very much in between two thoughts that God is good, but how could this bad thing happen to a little boy who's good? I had questions. Just like many of us, have questions. You see, when we're looking through our feed, the, the world events, the 
It's crazy to me how on our feed we can be looking through and, and maybe you've got kids and, and you're celebrating your kids on the trophy stand at a football game or a basketball game or a swimming event. But then on your feed you see some news where kids have lost their lives and tragedy. You have the joy of some people finding a spouse and the other of some people changing their picture to what's complicated because of strife in their marriage. You have these two realities, good and bad, faith and fear, destiny and doubt. And can I just encourage you for a second that just because this stage is in proximity, is higher in proximity than where you're sitting as a pastor, I struggle with the same questions you have. A leader, someone charged to unfold the word of God sometimes has questions. God, are you there? Do you care? Are you fair? And what happens is, is in a moment like we have today, we, we realize that What's in my feed can sometimes eat away at my faith. What I see on the news can sometimes rob me of the good news of peace and the good news of the gospel. And in this series trending now, I've come to discover that in church there's a trend that we're supposed to sweep the questions under the carpet of just have faith. Under the carpet of just don't talk about it. And we stuff these emotions like I did for 10 years now. And can I be honest with you guys? Like as I've been studying for this message, you know what? I've been praying for my own life. God, can you heal that time when I didn't understand? Can you help me with the question why? And then I landed on this passage of Scripture. In Isaiah 61, which tells me that I'm allowed to ask questions. Like it doesn't really say that, but what it encourages me with is the angst of two diametrically different things warring in the same person. And it says this, the spirit of the Lord, God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and day of vengeance of our God. And then it goes to these two different things that are often at war in many believers. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we may be called trees, that we may stand firm at some point when after these two things wrestle with one another. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Christ Fellowship, I want to talk to you today from the topic, the truth of two realities. The truth of two Realities, I have found within myself 
that I cannot reason away my fear. That I cannot ignore my emotions. You know what I want to encourage you with today? And you'll be like, man, I've never heard this. God is not afraid of your questions. I thought like more than five people would preach with me. In fact, I got a friend right now who's, who's on a road trip uh, to Boston with his family, and uh, he's got young kids. Don't do that. You see, when I would take my kids, I remember the time we drove to, to uh, Orlando from Maryland, and that's how I, uh, you know, in, in my family, you know, we didn't do timeouts. I'm not encouraging this, but we did whoopings. Come on, somebody. So, so, so I learned how to drive and whoop my kids at the same time and rap. Don't you ever do that. Uh, my kids would ask the craziest questions. Don't kids ask crazy questions? You know, one time my son said this, we're driving and we're on this trip and we're driving to, 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 to Florida, to Orlando. And he said, Dad, we drove past this like farm and we saw cows. He said, Dad, I said, what? He goes, do cows pee milk? <laughs> what? What? Some of y'all are like, did he say pee in church? I did. I said, no! Well, where does the milk come from? I don't know! <laughs> and the kids on this ride are asking so many questions. And I was like, you know what, stop! No more questions. Aren't you so glad that God doesn't have a question quota? Aren't you so glad that, that God says, you got questions, bring them. Come on, somebody. Aren't you so glad that we got the Word of God to help us through the nuances of questions? You mean I don't have to faith it away? I don't have to, I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise will continue. I have to continually, y'all know those super religious people, how are you blessed? God is so good, but I'm broke, I'm disgusted, I'm stressed, my marriage is jacked up, but blessed. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not honest. The truth of two realities. Isaiah 55, 8 says, I don't think the way you think. This is God talking the way you work isn't the way I work. This is the message version, for as the sky soars above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work, and the way I think is beyond the way you think. And here's the deal, that I'm not gonna scripture this away, but this scripture tells me that even when God, if God answered my questions, I still wouldn't understand. You see, you got to understand that, 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 that Questions are, are a part of discovery. They're a part of finding the truth so that we can know God. And I might not know the truth or the answer to my question, but I do bump into the truth who the answer is Jesus. I'll never forget when, I, when my godson passed away, someone said, you got questions? Aren't you supposed to have faith? And y'all, let me tell y'all something. I'm saved, sanctified, redeemed, but sometimes I don't wanna lay hands, I wanna throw them. Come on, somebody. And that was, that was one of the moments I wanted to bless them with the goodness of Jesus. <laughs> Doubts. How many of you would be honest and say, sometimes I doubt? Me? Am I by myself? Man, sometimes I doubt 
Sometimes because of what's in my feet, I doubt. Aren't you supposed to have faith? Well, let's pick this apart a little bit. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is unbelief. So you either believe or you don't believe. It's not you either believe or you have doubts. You see, what does it mean to believe in something? Well, to believe in something is to be in one mind about one thing. To be in one mind about something or someone. It means to trust in something or someone, to be in one mind about it. Now, watch this. To disbelieve is to be in one mind about something or someone that you decide to reject. Are you with me? That's unbelief. I'm in one mind and I reject it. That's a lie. Now, to disbelieve is to be in that one mind. Now, watch this now. It means that we don't accept it or we don't believe it. The opposite of faith is un or disbelief. So if that is what unbelief is, then what is doubt? Glad you asked. <laughs> See, the word doubt comes from the Latin word dubitare. Somebody say dubitare. I just found, I just sound fancy, dubitare. Come on with my glasses on, dubitare. <laughs> sound smart, dubitare. Don't do that, it's weird. This means two. It's not a single thought or one thought. Doubt is having two thoughts. It's being unsure about two things. So on one side, we have faith. On the other side, we have unbelief. Guess what's in the middle? So if this is a big body of water, this is a, 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 a lake of doubt. And in between faith and unbelief is a wobbly bridge called doubt. I'm not really believing, but I'm not really unbelieving. And what I have found in my own life that I go through things where I'm not really believing, I'm not really unbelieving, I'm just in between two thoughts. I'm doubting and I'm on the wobbly bridge of life is crazy. I'm on the wobbly bridge of God is good, but why is this bad stuff happening? I'm on the wobbly bridge of God, I need you. Am I by myself? Am I? God, have you forgotten about me? If, why, why are they finding a spouse and I'm not? Why did they have a kid and we can't? Why? God, are you inconsistent? Just kind of doubting. And here's what I've, I know. You've been sweeping that under the carpet. You, if you're like me, you've been stuck in seasons where you don't want to touch the emotion of that season because of what comes up for you. Can I encourage you? It's okay to doubt. Can I encourage you? God is not scared of your questions. Matter of fact, let me say it this way. It's okay to doubt your beliefs, but be careful because it's never okay to believe your doubts. It's okay to doubt your beliefs, but please be careful not to believe your doubts, I'm just on a bridge. Somewhere in between the truth of two realities, you see where we find our text in Isaiah chapter 61 is a depiction to me of two realities working against one another. Historically, this portion of Isaiah is written to Judah. 
either in or shortly after the Babylonian exile. God has rescued them, and they think that this is it, but this was written to a people who were in a state of national mourning. This prophet, Isaiah, is prophesying to these people, people whose homes were literally in ashes, people who were under a spirit of heaviness, and as it seemed that everything had been stripped away from them, including their promise and their covenant with God. Yet in the midst of all of these things that are happening, they are told to look forward in hope, to look forward for this great exchange of these two things that are diametrically working against one another, faith and fear, doubt and destiny, uh, 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 pain and promise, and, and, and you got a miracle in one hand, but you're miserable on the other hand. You wish your kid would come to the freeing power of Jesus Christ just like everyone, and you're even sick and tired of praying for him. Can I tell you, don't go to the side of unbelief. Walk across the bridge of doubt to the faith that God has for you. And please, if you're encouraging someone who was in that same situation, but maybe you're not in, please don't use Christianese. Oh, just trust God. God will give you another one. What? Don't diminish what you can't understand by saying something that you really don't believe. The best thing you can say is, I don't know either, but I'm gonna walk with you on that bridge. We might not bump into the answer to our question, but we will bump into the answer who holds the whole world in his hands. <laughs> Faith and fear, two realities. He's forgiven me, but it's hard for me to forgive others. Two realities, captivity and liberty. As scripture says, comfort and mourning, beauty and ashes, joy and despair, heaviness and praise. Sweet. And sour. Mm. Give me a second. These are my wife's favorite candy. They're amazing. Y'all want some? You want some? You want one? Chris? You want some? Sweet and sour. You know what I found? That the truth of two realities is like sweet and sour. And what we want, <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> we want the sweet to come first. But can you keep trudging along through the sour seasons, believing through the sour seasons, worshiping through the sour seasons, praying through the sour seasons, having confidence through the sour seasons, speaking those things that be not as if they already are through the sour seasons, long enough for the sweet to kick in. Yes, beauty is coming, but not before ashes. This isn't sweet and sour, this is sour and sweet. And if you bite into it early, 
You won't get the fullness of both flavors. You will never appreciate the sweet until you first appreciate the sour. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? How much do you value purpose if you don't go through seasons where you don't have any? How much do you value faith if you don't go through seasons where you have fear? How much do you value healing if you've never been hurting? It's the fact that I've been hurting that I value healing. It's the fact that, I, that, that I've been through pain that I, I value purpose. I wanna give you a few principles of the truth of two realities. The bottom line is scripture, Bible, it's the truth of two realities. You see, many of us, we wanna go around, we wanna avoid, but from Genesis to Revelations, it's about going through. And let me tell you something, there's nothing like going through. And you're sitting there saying, how can God work all of this together for my good? Don't quit, because he's not gonna quit on you. Let me say it this way, in a preacher language, if it's not good yet, God's not done yet. First principle is suffering. It is carrying both pain and a promise. Uh, I've had to learn to accept. Suffering, it's a part of life. It's, it's history. It's, I went to the doctors this week and Honestly, I was nervous about this message. Like I was, I had like a panic attack. I'm telling y'all, it was real. I was like, man, this is a heavy one. I don't wanna preach this. I called Ty, be like, I'm calling in sick on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and went to the doctors and, you know, the first thing they start doing is saying is, asking me my symptoms. The second thing they do is like, tell me your family history. Because they realized that the symptoms could come from history. And some of us, our questions, they're just symptoms of history. Not, not history from your grandparents, history from Adam. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thanks for sinning, bro. I, I, the Bible says this in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered into the entire human race. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. All of us have sinned, and guess what? All of us are under the consequences of Adam's sin. And God made a perfect garden, a perfect world, but the consequences of free will and Adam making a bad decision in a good garden is that we would experience bad. So it's not God's fault. It's your brother's fault. Millie Vanilli said, blame it on the rain. <laughs> blame it on Adam. But God in his goodness, God in his grace, God in his sovereignty, he is love. So love has to share itself with one another. 
And as God has this great plan to share his love one another, he reenacts his covenant with man through Noah and through Abraham and now through Jesus. And through Jesus, guys, guess what? We have consequences, but guess what we don't have? Condemnation. Y'all hear what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is you can't do good to get good. Because then what's the point of grace? Thanks, Adam. I never forget when my son came home from school once and, and, and he was like, he was like, Dad, I was good today. I was like, no, you weren't. Stop lying. I was like, you was good for like 20 minutes. He goes, no. The teacher said that if we're good, that if I'm good, I'm going to get recess. And he's like, but we didn't have recess. I said, why? He goes, because Billy was bad. I don't know if that was a name. It just sounded good in the moment. I don't know if his name was Billy. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I lost my recess because of somebody else. I said, yep. That's life, man. It's not fair. And many of us are like, what I'm going through, it's not fair. No, it's not fair. It wasn't Billy, it was Adam. But guess what? There's another day and you may be in despair today, but destiny is coming tomorrow. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I know it hurts right now, and I don't want to reason away your hurts. I know it's real. I know the anxiety. I know the pain. I know the emotion. I know. I'm. Trust me. I know this. I know this pain because of Hammy. I know this pain because in Christmas of 2019, I was sitting there on Christmas Eve enjoying my night with my family, and I get a call that someone on our staff's son had gotten tragically killed in a car accident, and the truth of two realities when I'm sitting in front of a Christmas tree, and now I have a staff person who, who there is no gift, there is no hope, and I have to go and identify the body, and I'm crying out to God on the way to the hospital saying, God, why me? Yep, the pastor. <laughs> God, I don't want to have this. I don't want to deal with this. I, I want to enjoy Christmas. And I realized that what suffering is at that moment. You know what suffering is? Suffering is wanting what you don't have or having what you don't want. That's an easy definition of suffering is wanting what you don't have or I don't want this pain. I want peace. I don't want this despair. I want destiny. I don't, I don't want this misery. I want ministry. I, I want a miracle. And oftentimes I've prayed for people and I've had the question, God, why? And God says, maybe the question shouldn't be why, but who? Who what? Who's with you? You see, when you go to a season where you're carrying Pain, remember you're still carrying a promise. Remember you're still carrying 
that as the word goes out from God's mouth, it shall not return unto you void. Remember John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me, Jesus, you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In the world, you will have fear. In the world, you have discouragement. In the world, you have disappointment. Watch this now. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. That is the realization that I am carrying not just pain, I'm also carrying a promise that no weapon that is formed against me is going to prosper. I'm also carrying a promise that by his stripes I am healed. I'm also carrying a promise, come on somebody, that the eternal weight of what I'm going through is compared, this light affliction, is com- nothing is compared to the eternal weight of glory which I shall see. Man, I got a promise. I've got circumstances, but I also have a covenant. That he who has begun a good work in me, he's going to be faithful to complete it. The second principle of suffering is an opportunity for a greater purpose. Pause. Before I go into that point, I want to give you this thought. Because here's what some of us do. Because we don't know, we just stop searching. For who? And I wrote this this morning, so they might not have it on the screen, but I want to say this. Never allow what you don't know to stop you from searching for whom you could know. Never allow what you don't know. I don't know why, but I know who. Let me tell you all something. I would rather not know why, but have who in my boat then reject it all. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I don't know why, but guess what? Jesus is a healer. You see, some of us, if I'm honest with you, it's as simple as this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the... If the Bible said it, it has to be good enough for me, Chris. If the Bible said it, I'm telling you right now, have you ever thought that God loved you enough to trust you with suffering? and his reputation? Oh, y'all hearing what I'm saying? Have you ever thought, I gotta take these, that God loved you enough that he gave you progressive lenses that gives you comfort in the right now and also that another level of joy is coming in the future? And watch this, he trusts you enough in the in-between season. What did he do with Job, Dave? His Bible says, he said to Satan, have you considered Job? Have you ever thought about this? God considered you worthy enough to trust you with his reputation that even when all hell breaks out in your life, that you won't curse him. You are a prototype of promise. You are a prototype of joy. You are a God. You mean to tell me I can go through this? Yep, you'll go through the fire and you won't be burned and you won't trust, you won't curse God. You'll trust him, you'll worship him. Come on somebody, you'll keep praying. Have you considered Jimmy? What? You mean I have enough faith? to not ruin your reputation that you're a good God just because I'm going through Job? 
Have you considered Job? Have you considered Irene? Man, babe, think about that. God, he didn't make it happen, but he looked at you and said, oh, I can trust her. That in the end, she's gonna give me glory. And, and, and she's not going to stop just because of abuse and just because of trauma and just because of alcoholism. I'm going to trust you with a testimony that you're going to give it away to everybody else and people are going to come to the freeing power of Jesus Christ. God did not give up on you. He considered you. God is not mad at you. He considered you. He trusts you with his reputation. Oh, I feel like preaching. We're going to have church. Man, God chose me, man. He chose me to preach that funeral for those 22 boys that I would get up in the spite of my own questions and give him glory. And each one of them at the end of that message raised their hand for salvation because he he considered me. I called Hammy's mom yesterday, Gina, and I, she might be watching. I said, you ever thought that God considered you? That before Hammy was formed in, his, in your womb, he knew it was going to happen. And he said she can handle it. You know what she does now? She ministers to all moms. She started an organization that she's a part of and Casey cares and it brings me to my second point, uh, my second principle. My second principle is that what? Is that suffering is not only just carrying pain and a promise, suffering brings out a greater purpose. Man, you should see her in her purpose. Who would minister to those people? You don't have a test, you got a testimony? Sometimes I just need a minute. I'm gonna tell y'all what that means. Urban translation. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. Give me a minute while God is working on me. Please don't judge me while I'm in progress. Please don't judge me while I have questions. Cause you got them too, you just won't be honest. Please, 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 please don't tell me I'm not, I don't have enough faith, Dave. Please, please. I'm going to work and pray. I'm still working on my testimony. You got questions, you're still working on your testimony. I'll never forget picking my sister up from the hospital years ago. She had just had a miscarriage. And she... has all the feels, all the questions. She's got a box with all these memories of little Alexandra because she had to go through the birthing process without coming home with the promise. She looks up at me as I'm wheeling her out of the hospital. Tears running down her face, and then she says, this will count for something more than pain. God is going to use this. And I watched my sister make boxes 
for years for women who lost children. I watched my sister write a book from pain to purpose. I watched my sister go through all the fields, but guess what? She recognized that God considered her. And let me ask you a question. If God sent Jesus to save us by way of suffering, do we think we get to skip the process to save other people? No. Man, I'm the kind of person like, bring it on, let me get it over with. Suffer now. Like, I don't, I don't want long suffering. Y'all know what I'm saying? Uh, I um, recognize that there's purpose. Uh, I read scriptures like Psalm 23. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse four is, is always troubling to me. Because it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I read, of a, I read a story this week of a doctor whose wife had died. He had small children and through his grief and through his pain, he's trying to explain death to his kids. And while he's trying to figure it out, a big old truck pulls up next to him. And, and it cast a shadow. It literally robbed the light. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he got his kids out of the mood of thinking about what they lost. He says, hey, guys, let's play the game, would you rather? And they were like, okay, great. And the doctor says to his kids, would you rather be hit by the truck or even though the shadow is bigger than the truck, would you rather be hit by the shadow? And they were like, duh. I don't want to get hit by a truck. I'd rather get hit by the shadow of the truck. And as they're having this conversation, he looks at his kids and he says, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus got hit by death and he redefined it so that we would only experience the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, the pain you're going through right now, guess what? There was a greater pain. But Jesus on the cross, through his suffering, he took away the sting of the truck that we only have to navigate the shadow of it. Man, what a God. Can y'all stand with me? I, I hope some of you are blessed today. I hope some of you says, oh, it's okay to have questions. I can worship through my questions. I can praise through my questions. I can pray through my questions. I can still, God still, God considered you. Guys, for so long, I wouldn't look at these. These were my godson's shoes that basketball season. My son had them and I called my son. I said, can you bring those shoes to church today? So we showed up this morning, picked me up for church and he said, dad here. It's kind of like God was making it all good for me. 
because God was gonna use that pain to bring you to a greater purpose today. And guess what, although Hammy is no longer in these shoes, he ain't playing basketball, y'all. He's dancing on some streets of gold. And one day, one day I'm gonna be caught up. And although I saw my nephew take his last breath, I'm gonna see him breathe again. So, oh death, where is your sting? <laughs> That's why I can praise God. Because I'm not praising God for something. I'm praising God because I don't want to wear the garment of heaviness. I want the spirit of praise. Come on, somebody. I was thinking about Horatio Spafford is a boss. He's a baller. He's in his bag. Come on, I'm getting all the young people right now. He wrote a song called It Is Well With My Soul. After losing kids and losing his money on the way to visit his wife, he says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like seas billows roll, this is a man who experienced loss, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to say, even in my doubt, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is. I can't hit that. I want you to trust me. I want everybody to clap, 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 just clap. As loud as you can. All right? Now the next thing I want you to do is I just want you to shout Jesus as loud as you can, okay? Can we all do that? One, two, three. Jesus! All right, so this next one is gonna have a regular version then a modified version. Have you ever been in the gym and they have two exercises, like the one that everybody can do and the one that not everybody can do? It's called modified. I just want everyone to just jump for a second. Not crisscross will make you jump, jump. But can everyone just jump like this? Just do it, just trust me, trust me. Okay, like four of you did it, great. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put them all together. But when, you put, when we put them all together, I'm gonna let you know something. It's hard to be discouraged while you're praising. It is hard to be in grief while you're praising. It is hard to be, come on somebody, disappointed by your praising. So we're gonna sing it as well, it is well, and then you're gonna do it, are you ready? One, two, three, come on. Jump, praise Jesus, all of it. Clap. Father, we thank you, God. You are an awesome God. You are a mighty God. You are a just God. You are in control, God. Better in one day in this course than a thousand elsewhere, God. God, we 
I pray, God, that we would bring beauty for ashes. God, I pray, God, that we would have the oil of joy for mourning. God, I pray, God, that we would exchange a garment of praise, God, for the spirit of heaviness. God, I pray, God, that we would trade in heavy and hard for easy and light. Father, I thank you, God, that you're not afraid of our questions, but God, it is in our despair, it is in our discouragement that we draw near to you so we might not understand why, but we do understand another level of who. You are God. You are just. You are sovereign. You are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, you know that your questions have held you back from going all in with God. You know there's some distance in your relationship with Jesus. You know that you haven't given your life 100%, all in with Jesus. If that's you on the count of three, today is your day of salvation. I want you to raise your hands. One, two, three. Come on, hands are going up. You mean I don't have to have all, no, 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 no. All hands are all up. Can everyone just repeat this prayer after me or say it with me? Say, Jesus, today, come into my heart. Today, I give my life to you. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm free. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you died for my sins, but you didn't stay there. You resurrected from the grave. And because of that, I can have life and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name, and everybody claps, and everybody prays. In Jesus' name, God bless you. See ya. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word MORE to 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.